First and Pod, hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. And Carrington, we have to establish we have to establish uh, stakes uh, for for the for it because we're gamblers, obviously. I had an idea, okay. but obviously we can we can kick this around. Uh, but I was thinking, Pony, what would you say is like a cuisine that Pittsburgh? Dude, it's crazy that you just read my mind on that shit. Because I was thinking, if if you guys lose, I want like deep dish from you, and I want something barbecue related from Canada. All right, we can do that. Right, I'm, right. I'm but so what? What? What can Pittsburgh? Uh, and I'm not being like as a like as an insult. Like, what would you say if you were going to send Pittsburgh food? Like, on I'll dry send you guys permanis. I think that's like per- the Pittsburgh thing to do. Perfect. Okay. Okay. So I'll, I'll send deep dish. What, you what said- is that? A, a permani? What is that? It, they're sandwiches with fries and and stuff on there. They're awesome. I feel like Danny and I are getting short another stick on this trade. <laughs> Maybe you want, you're telling me you want Gates, you want Giordano's, and I'm getting a, a cold cut. That's a terrible trade. I know this isn't even. Dude, don't disparage cold cuts, Carrington. <laughs> that you said you weren't going to rock the boat here. You're ripping cold cuts. My bad. Five I, minutes in shit, dude. Okay, all I'm saying is I had a Ben Roethlisberger joke teed up there, and I I, I watched my mouth. I feel like I can at least get a cold cut joke off. That's all I'm saying. Uh, so what? Like roughly a hundred bucks worth of local food? Yeah, for the winner. So, yeah, it's easy enough, man. I'm happy to do that, man. All right. I'm, I, it's, it's such an honor to be here today, man. I'm so yeah. happy to be on here. Two of the best local sports talk. Right, here we go again. I mean, this is just it's buttering us up. All right, you. All right, you, so who are you taking first, Carrington? You're on I, the clock here. You know what? I'm taking Jonathan Taylor, man. I feel like Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I, I feel like people have forgotten the one thing that to me is really weird about the NFL is everybody can be all on you in 2021. You get injured in 2022, and now people have just completely moved on and they have forgotten about you. Two years ago, you can argue that Jonathan Taylor was the best running back in the National Football League. He got injured last year. That's football. But he's back healthy now this year. You know with a young quarterback or an inexperienced quarterback with Gardner Minshew, they're going to be heavy on running the football. Jonathan Taylor, I I would say, is as good of a bet, safe as a bet. You never know when it comes to injuries. I'm going to take Jonathan Taylor with the first pick. I only have one other guy, so I like argued out of the two pick pony, mm-hmm. and I argued myself into the three pick, and I only yeah. have one guy that I could debate for Jonathan Taylor. So we'll see if you pick him, and then we can do those two guys together. Yeah, I, I'm I'm worried about his line there. I think the coaching change helps a lot, and I think having the dual threat quarterback will help him too. But their line fell off a cliff last year, and I'm worried about that. Their tackles especially were brutal last year. But I don't think that's – I, I think he, he was in the conversation for me as one of the five best running backs in the league. I don't think I would have taken him first. My – if I'm in – if I was in Carrington's spot, I'm going to take the guy I'm drafting here, and that's Nick Chubb. Now that Kareem Hunt's out of the picture there, their line is always great. I think Watson might eat into his yards a little bit because they'll be more pass-heavy than they were last year. But – the thing I'm worried about with the guy Danny might take is at some point, Henry's going to fall off a cliff. And I just, uh, he's close to 30 now. So if he does it again this year, God bless him. But 
I'm not betting on him to be Adrian Peterson. I'd rather take Chubb with this spot. And I think he's, unless he's hurt, he'll get 1,200, 1,300 yards easy in a 17-game schedule. No, your, your guy was the guy that I was going to say, man. You know that, I mean, I bet Chubb last year to lead the league in rushing, uh, and he finished third. I mean, his quads are as big as my torso. Like he, His yards per carry average is like one of the best in NFL history. I think Jim Brown and one other dude might be the only guys with like a, a certain minimum number of carries. But he's like one of the most efficient running backs ever. Yeah, he was playing the NFL. He was over five yards of carry last year again. Uh, and I don't know what the threshold is, but yeah, isn't Jamal Charles Carrington, isn't he still the top guy for yards per carry? He is. Uh, he absolutely is. It's funny, probably say probably once a year. Normally a summer thing, you know, downtown stadium is a Kansas City staple. Should Jamal Charles be in the Hall of Fame? That's always a good June 24th. You can always pull that out and get yeah. people in Kansas City riled up. We literally had this conversation a couple of weeks ago because on ESPN's homepage, they were arguing about Fred Taylor. I don't know why anyone thinks that Fred Taylor should be in the Hall of Fame, but then people are like, well, if Fred Taylor should be in, Jamal Charles should be in. Neither of them should be in the Hall of Fame. Jamal is one of the most incredible running backs I've ever seen, though. It is just too short-lived. Would you put Charles in over Frank Gore? See... I think that Jamal Charles is a better player than Frank Gore, but I'm on an island with Frank Gore. Like, because, No, you're not. I know he's third all-time in rushing yards, but I don't think of him as a Hall of Famer either. Right, but the argument against it that then I guess makes us on an island together is you would say, oh, he's a compiler, but it's the most impressive position in any sport to be a compiler at, running back in the NFL. There's literally no job in sports that's tougher to be a compiler at. I know. And so he never was great. He never was first-team All-Pro. I think he has one double-digit touchdown season. I'm doing that from memory. But So he was never never elite, but just, damn, man, answered the bell every week. So I, I'm a no on him. I think Charles was objectively better, but he did it for like a third of the time. But I actually, I actually don't disagree with anybody on here. I guess I've really changed – what really kind of got me to be on this side is that offseason whenever we were debating Matthew Stafford, I'm like, bro, we have literally sat around on Thanksgiving for a decade. No one ever felt like they were watching a Hall of Fame quarterback. Like the conversation has to be more than just, oh, well, you've compiled these numbers. Like all three of us love the National Football League. Spencer, I imagine he's on the same bank. At any point, was Frank Gore an elite running back in the NFL? If all no. three of us are answering the no, then he's not a Hall of Famer. Like, I feel like now we can't just say, hey, you were a good player. You were possibly a great player. But the Hall of Fame is not just for great players. It is for all-time players. It is transcendent players. It's funny because we had this conversation on my show about Mike Evans. Mike Evans is a great wide receiver. Mike Evans, no one looks at Mike Evans as some dangerous elite, like, he is just a good wide receiver. There's nothing wrong with being a good wide receiver. Nothing wrong with that. I just feel like now we feel the offense. I bet you Frank Gore gets in, though. No, he probably will. Won't. But I, All I, those I, guys I, in that, like, rarefied air of, like, total rushing yards are in. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. But I, I just think at this point, at some point, we're going to have to change the way that we view offensive numbers. Like, Matt Ryan is going to get in and Matthew Stafford is going to get in. Phillip Rivers is going to get in. Like, what are we celebrating with the Hall of Fame? Are we celebrating that you were good for a long period of time? Or are we celebrating, like, let's say tomorrow that Derrick Henry 
gets his right leg amputated. Derrick Henry was a better running back than Frank Gore. There, I, I don't care what numbers you can tell me. You feared when your team went up against Derrick Henry. You never feared when your team went up against Frank Gore. That has to matter in this conversation. I agree. Speaking of Derrick Henry, he's off the board. Uh, I will, I will, I will take him with the third pick. Okay. It's call it a high floor pick. He's still 29. They still need him. He was second in the NFL in rushing yards last year. He might be Adrian Peterson. He's an absolute freak of nature. So I'm going to take one high floor guy and then one high ceiling guy. I will take Bijan Robinson. I knew you were going to do that, you prick. There was no way he would be he would get to me on the comeback. I think that there's maybe a one or two guys that are safer that I'm passing on. I almost took him over Chubb. I was very tempted to do it. Yeah. I mean, if they're gonna if they're gonna draft him in the top 10, he's gonna get 250 carries. Now he might get 80 catches, and that might screw me here, but I, I think that he's gonna get 250 carries. And in that scenario, I'll, I'll I'll take my chances with the upside. I like both of your picks a lot. This maybe you need to drink more often before <laughs> we do these podcasts. Pony, Pony, he had the third and the fourth pick. I'm not giving you credit at three and four. I'll no, give you it, credit at fifteen and sixteen. No, I, 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 I work. It's easy to get it right now, Harrington. You you, I understand that. But if you've listened to Danny's last couple of drafts, him doing the obvious thing with this first couple of picks is not a given here. So this is him, I think, for once, nailing early picks in one of these drafts. Uh, I will take... I like my teams in the other drafts. Thank you very little. I like... Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna take McCaffrey with this next pick. And I'm running the big injury risk here. 100%. But it's, it's like the greatest system of all time for running backs and quarterbacks. It's the, it's the Shanahan offense, which made guys like Elijah Mitchell... And his old man would make Olandis Gary look great. And he's on talent, one of the five best running backs in the league in an offense that makes the most pedestrian running backs look good. So I will take a shot there. He'll probably have a ton of receiving yards. He might go 2,000 yards this year. He might go Marshall Falk on people in the NFL. So that'll be my pick, McCaffrey. I am... Very, very surprised that with the sixth pick, I can get the player that led the NFL in rushing last year. I'll take Josh Jacobs with the sixth overall pick. You're not worried that's a fluke? But this is what I'm thinking. Let's say that you knock off 500 yards from him from last year. Let's say that it was. That means he rushes for 1,100 yards. If you're going to tell me I'm going to get that with the sixth overall pick, I feel perfectly fine. Like if you had knocked off a 500 yards for him, yeah. he would have finished seventh last year in the National Football League. At this point, I got to be taking guys that I think are going to be here for the long haul. So I'm going to take Josh Jacobs with the seventh overall pick or with the sixth overall pick. Now, this is where I'm a little bit conflicted because I think history would tell me Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley, something's going to go wrong, right? Like somebody gets injured, something happens. I don't know if I can take both of them on the back-to-back. I'm going to take Miles Sanders with the seventh overall pick here. Young quarterback. <laughs> wow. So you got to be thinking early on they're going to run the football. You have made the investment to go get Miles Sanders. 
I think he runs for 1,000 yards. I'm trying to get guys that I think are going to run for 1,000 yards this season. I'm going to take Miles Sanders. I probably should take Saquon here, but I got a young quarterback. They're probably going to lean heavy on him. They paid him. You got to remember, they actually ran the ball better when McCaffrey was out. I know they did. They ran the ball better. So he is their number one option. I'm going Miles Sanders. But it's, it, it, is, it, is, it is a whole different coaching staff there. So that – I mean, Sirianni's still there. No, Sanders is in Carolina now. Oh, oh I'm, so, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, like Carolina ran the ball great in the second half of last year, but that was with totally different people there. Yeah, so, Foreman was great for them. Yeah. Was. Foreman's with the Bears. Yeah. I actually uh, really I, like that pickup. For the I Bears will not be drafting Deontay Foreman at any point in this draft. So <laughs> I'll, I'll tip my hand a little bit there. So Danny likes to do this thing in these drafts where he does these game theory things, where he like tries to predict our picks, and then tr- like a ch- like a master chess player tries to use that information to make his picks, and it usually backfires spectacularly. But I know Danny's takes as we do this every week. If I don't take this guy now, he's not getting back to me. So I'm taking Tony Pollard because I love Tony Pollard. And now there's no Zeke Elliott. And Mike McCarthy has talked all fucking offseason about how he wants to get back to running the ball. And when when you're a head coach compared to a coordinator, you need to be thinking about your defense. And maybe the volume breaks him down. But also, he looks fresh to me. There's not a lot of mileage and wear and tear on him. So I think there's a chance... With the, with the offense they want to play there and his, and his ability that he leads the league in rushing. So I'm going to take Tony Pollard, your guy. I mean, yeah, you nailed it. Of course you did. It's the only investment I want in anything about Mike McCarthy is that he's going to play football like it's 1995. So, of course, that's that's a great – that's an excellent pick. I Tony, absolutely- you know, Tony, you want to know what cracks me up, and I'm sorry to cut Davey off, is Danny – Danny would love for the Bears to be the Mike McCarthy led anything. Like, I, it just. No, he wouldn't. Up. No, he wouldn't, Carrington. And I, I believe Danny when he says that. Like, he but has such a deep seated hate for You and guy. I both know since he has moved to Chicago, his, his teams that he has seen have been significantly less successful than any Mike McCarthy team, whether it was the end with the Packers or what he's done with the Cowboys. Yeah, but Mike Danny McCarthy. doesn't give Mike McCarthy any credit for those teams. Nothing. It doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't get I, – I Because he's bad. <laughs> I'm not he's a fraud. Me. He's I, literally a con artist. He lied in his job interview with the Cowboys. I, and he got I, the highest profile coaching job in the world. I don't argue with you. I guess I'm just saying is I, – I, I feel like it's kind of like quarterback. Like, we might all debate. But we can acknowledge there's maybe like 13 really good quarterbacks in the NFL that you feel really good about. The same thing with head coaches. Not like there's 25 good head coaches in the league that like clearly, hey, this guy is a difference maker for you. Mike McCarthy has proven if he is your coach, your floor is pretty decent. I feel like Mike McCarthy deserves a little bit of credit. All right. Well, you're not going to get it on this podcast, Carrington. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is not the podcast for you. Listen to blogging with the boys. Or Listen to Shan of- Sharif if you want that stuff. Yeah, yeah there you Carrington. go. Saquon Barkley is off the board. Okay, that was an obvious pick. It was an obvious. It was an obvious pick. He could lead the league in rushing. He could have two thousand yards. He could be. I mean, he's one of those physically gifted football players in the entire league. So, okay. for what pick is this? Nine. Nine. Yep. Yeah. So for the not for the ninth pick, 
the dude who was fourth in the NFL in rushing and doesn't have a lot of mileage on his body. It that just seems seems like tremendous value. You don't think he has a lot of mileage? No, I mean he's been hurt. He hasn't played in a ton of games since he's been in the league. Okay. Yeah, but I mean that means that means he probably has seven games in him this season. Everything I'm, is- I, I, I'm I'm worried about the I'm like I I think it's a it's a perfectly acceptable pick, but I I preferred Pollard to him because I'm just worried about the contract stuff with him too. I'm with you. I'm with the exact same place. And I mean, this is kind of one of those things like we all watch the NFL. Last year, everything went right for the Giants. They had a negative point differential. They made the postseason last year. The schedule kind of broke right. I don't know if they're good enough to have a break right. I'm not predicting an injury. You can never do it. But just something tells me this year is probably a little bit more frustrating than last year. No, the they'll Giants. be worse. They won't make the playoffs this year. Who will? The Giants? The Giants won't, no. Yeah, no. I'm not, I'm not picking the Giants. I'm out. <laughs>